Today we actually have a whole topic and I have show notes but no promises. I really just need to do research on how to relay back my own research because that is where I am falling short. Today we're going to talk about surviving adulthood with a or a couple narcissistic parents. And I just want to preface that I'm not a doctor. I'm not going to ask you to buy my webinar, but I'm also not talking at you. I'm talking with you. And I'd really like it if at some point you could talk with me because most of this is either through research or through my own personal experience. And I want to hear about your experiences so that we can figure out how to handle our own situations together because we're adults and we're intelligent and we should be able to do that on our own. So with my own experience, I ended up moving in with my dad when I was about 13, I think. And I'm always going to be grateful for that. I know that some people aren't so lucky. They end up being stuck with their narcissistic parent throughout their childhood. And it, it was hard for me not having any females to turn to at 13 <laughs> through high school. But in the end, I really just, I needed to get away from her and her family to figure myself out. It's important to remember that there are two different people that are raised by narcissists. And I'm sure you're all already well aware, even if you don't know the special psychological terms for them. Uh, there are the people that become incredibly codependent and passive. Those people usually seek more narcissists in their future. After being raised by someone who was abusive or manipulative, somehow they always end up searching for abusive and manipulative relationships. One of the hot button words that go along with the codependent people that are raised by narcissists is infantilization. It's a type of abuse where the person feels incapable. They don't think that they can take care of themselves. They constantly need someone else, hence the term codependence. This is a really, really difficult cycle to break. It's something that I think came up a lot with me because I definitely always needed someone around to justify my every move for a really long time. Of course, if you don't become a codependent passive person, you do run the risk of becoming just like the narcissist. It's very much a monkey see, monkey do kind of approach. When someone is growing up with a narcissist as a parent, they're seeing how successful that person is and they want that or they want the affection that that person seems to be getting. I know that for some reason, my mother's family always loved her and that was something that I always wanted. And I'm sure that's something that my siblings always wanted too, was that unconditional love. This is something that I think is best described as a gradual progression because children aren't brought up in the world being okay with making bad choices. At least they don't feel like they are. You know, you go to school and if you do something bad, you do regret it to some kind of an extent. I think that over time, you just sort of regret it less and less. 
because it still gets you the outcome that you want. So you forget that you're hurting other people. This isn't really to defend a narcissist or the narcissistic state of mind. It's just, I do feel like it is important to just understand. One of the main things that helps to identify a narcissist and that I consistently remind myself is that a narcissist does not apologize. And if they do, they don't actually feel sorry. My mother never once apologized for anything that happened to me when I was a child. And even though some days I wish I had a mom, I remind myself that she is not sorry. She will never be sorry. All the different things that she's said or done to make me think that she cares about me were manipulation tactics because she is a narcissist and she does not feel remorse for her actions. One thing that we can all definitely depend on is the fact that a narcissist would not seek out a channel like this. They may listen for an episode or two because they have some grandiose desire to find something to latch onto and take over, but uh, I don't think a narcissist would stick it out in here because what we're doing is definitely putting a mirror up in front of our faces, and that's not something a narcissist will ever be able to do. It can be really hard to break cycles, which is actually part of a third group that I found in some of my research that is sort of a less likely unicorn group of people who are raised by narcissists and choose to completely break all of the cycles. These people, while being raised by a narcissist or a couple of narcissists, usually have someone that is able to reach them, that is able to get through to them and help them realize that there are other paths to choose in their life. I didn't find very much information on this type of person, but it did make me think a whole lot about my dad and where I would be if he hadn't a came and gotten custody of me when he did. But that was back then, and this is now. Being an adult with a narcissistic parent is something that I don't feel like is talked about very often because most of us are probably pretty well silenced, and the other half is... Well, you know, already on the dark side. But it is really easy to still seek that acceptance and love. I know that after I became an adult, or I wouldn't really consider myself an adult when I was in college, but I used to drive. I drove for hours to see my mom's family, and as soon as I got there, I would get told that I was late. Um, the entire night was pretty much just how it was my fault that I don't come see them enough, and it was my fault that I lived so far away. Everything I did was wrong. I was in school full-time, I was working full-time, and I had my older daughter already, and I still was not doing anything right. This is something where a word came up in some of the psych stuff that I was researching called parentification. It's a type of abuse where someone can make you feel guilty, a narcissist can make you feel guilty for really just taking care of yourself from what I read, from what it seems like. They make you feel guilty about your own life, your choices, the fact that you never had healthy bonding with that person becomes your fault, and somehow you end up taking care of them in some cases, like you owe them something. 
parentification is the sort of approach that a narcissist has where they say that you should go more out of your way for them because you know they went so far out of their way for you these types of things are really hard to escape from especially when narcissists in a family setting are usually surrounded by enablers i had this in my mom's entire family there was not a single person that ever really stuck up for me or point out what she was doing i don't know how much her family does know but i do know that at the end of the day they still love her one of the hot button words that i found with that was triangulation which yes is a mathematical term but triangulation is this type of abuse where a narcissist will take a brainwashed sibling or aunt uncle grandma cousin and manipulate them into thinking that they are right and you are wrong and this person is used as a scapegoat and it usually ends up being the golden child this person doesn't do anything wrong because they believe that the narcissist doesn't do anything wrong either this person will do anything in their power to make sure that the narcissist still approves of them and in turn doesn't necessarily approve of you. Having brainwashed people in your life like that can be really difficult because it's like they live in a different reality. I have a sister that's like this and it can be really heartbreaking because no matter what you do, they always tried harder than you to fix the problems, but the problem was you and there's no other way that they're ever going to see it. My oldest sister was convinced that she always tried everything to repair our relationship. I don't really know how she did that other than crossing every single damn boundary I ever tried to set in my life. But I'm sure that it was always my fault. She always acted so hurt and took it so personally whenever I didn't come around, but never realized that maybe if she didn't invite our abusive parents to Thanksgiving, I might actually show up once. You know, if I was invited. These people, these enablers in your life, they know every single trigger. They know every way to push your emotions to the limit and in the end, make you look bad feel bad. They will gaslight you until you feel insane and then turn around and say that they never acted like that. They never said those things to you. They only gave you the best. This can be really difficult to handle and some people just choose never to handle it and that's okay. There's actually tons of different ways that we can handle the enablers and the narcissists in our family or in our lives in some other way that you just can't get rid of them because you're just kind of stuck. Something that I read a lot about that I thought was really interesting is the gray rock method. This is something that a higher being than myself is capable of. I am not capable of the gray rock method, let me tell you. The gray rock method is where you don't feed into a narcissist. You give short, quick answers. You only go around them when you are obligated. And most importantly, you never show emotion. When using a gray rock method, what you're doing is essentially starving out a narcissist because after dealing with you for a little while like this, there's nothing for them to really feed off of when it comes to you. They're not getting any emotion out of you. They're not making you feel bad and therefore they're not really entertained. And eventually they'll just go away. Theoretically, I don't know. I can't. I can't. I imagine that people that can pull off the gray rock method are 
in some way at peace or have some sort of insane emotional control that I just cannot even comprehend. I've also heard that when handling a narcissist in a situation that could become escalated in some way, you could always attempt this method where you start to use the term we instead of you. Instead of saying you're acting out of line, you're being crazy, you're being mean, say we're in a situation here where we need to come to some common ground or find a level-headed way to approach this together. Again, I don't really have any way to relate to this, but from what I've read, it should be pretty effective. There's also the idea that you can always remind them about how much they seek outside validation and acceptance and praise because a narcissist always needs to be loved and admired. So if your mom or dad or whoever that person is in your life starts to put on that ugly face you can't stand, find some way to put them back in the limelight and see how quick that face changes. But also remember that you don't need to justify or explain yourself. You don't have to give them that. You have every right to just say okay. And then sometimes, like in my case, you just got to cut those people off. This was something that was really hard for me because I tried so hard to do what I thought was right. I didn't want to give up my mom or my sisters or my little brother or my grandma, but eventually I realized that they were all just enabling her or just they just didn't care because they were stuck in their own lives and that's okay too, I guess. I haven't spoken to my mom in about four years other than the couple of times here or there that she has found some way to flip my switch. Cutting contact like that at the time, I'm not sure whether or not it was the right thing to do. I was drinking pretty bad and I'm sure that in that situation they were trying to help, but I just felt the weight of the world on me in that moment and I just had to get somewhere where I could breathe. It seemed necessary because there was never any real communication. Every time she tried to approach me, she tried to approach me with other people. She always put my sisters in front of her like a shield. She hid behind my family of enablers and every person in my family knew how to trigger me and then make me look crazy and it was to this point where I just needed to figure out who I was and what I wanted to do with my life because trying to please them was not how I wanted to spend my time. You might not be so lucky. I'm not sure that lucky is really the word that I would describe what my life is like. I never really had sisters. They existed, but they didn't teach me about boys and I can't call them right now to complain about something or get advice on what dinner to cook the girls or just tell them about the girls' first day of school. I don't have the people that I grew up with when I was little and sometimes it's just really hard because I feel like there aren't people that just really know me but then sometimes it's also really liberating because no one really knows me and that means I get to be whoever I want and she's been looking pretty cool lately. There's a lot of stuff going on in my life and I feel like there's always a million and one things going on in my life and I know that we've talked a lot before about how I'm trying to make myself have free time for myself. I think that's also another way that I tried to handle having a narcissistic mom. It wasn't so much that I was trying to please her by being in school and working full time while I had a kid. I was also just trying to be too busy to be around her. 
And maybe that's what my little brother does. I think last I heard, he was a workaholic. And that was why he didn't show up to any of the family things. Maybe, maybe that was why. Maybe he was trying to get away from her. I don't know. I really just don't know anything about those people anymore. And it's so weird because that's half of my family. That's half of who I am. And I remember all the times that they were just like, well, family is family. You're stuck with us. And I feel like I may or may not have proven them wrong. I know that one of my sisters, the only one that has children, she has occasionally tried to reach out and say that she's here for me if I ever want to reconnect or communicate in some way. And sometimes I think about it, but at the same time, I've got such a clean break right now and I'm horrified of the idea of getting pulled back into that nightmare that I was in growing up. And not just me, I have to think about the kids now too. I know that it's really hard for my older daughter because she remembers those people. She grew up with those people. She was about 10 or 11 when I stopped speaking to my mom and I never explained to her any of the things that went on. I still haven't. Maybe someday I will, but that day is not today. My younger daughter does not remember them. Thank goodness. And hopefully neither of them will have to deal with those people. I do feel guilty sometimes because they do have cousins that they aren't going to meet or grow up with. And I wish that we had that family dynamic where, you know, they got to go to their Uncle Jack's house for a barbecue and all the cousins were there and Grandpa was telling stories and Grandma was, I don't know, doing whatever grandmas do. I don't even remember. I wonder sometimes what it would have been like to grow up with a real family, but I know it is not healthy to dwell on those type of things. There's nothing we can do about that sort of thing now. There's nothing we can do to fix the situations that have led us to where we are. Like I said, it has been three or four years since I've spoken to my mom or her family, and I am slowly building back up my life. I don't know if I would have ever had the strength to use the gray rock method against my mom and my mom's family after she used all of those triangulation tactics to set everyone against me. Do you use them? Does that work for you? How do you do that? I want to hear from someone that does use the gray rock method successfully or that has and I want to hear exactly what happened because you my friend are a god among men to just not be triggered by the most triggering people in your life. That has got to be some self-control. It's really impressive. I hope that this was in some way helpful or insightful. If there's any input that you'd like to have on any of the things that I've talked about, or if you want me to talk about anything else, please feel free to text the number in the episode description. You can also follow me on Instagram. Oh, and I have a Twitter now. You can tweet at me with your Twitter voice, or you can retweet my tweet of this episode and help spread awareness and get word out that I'm sitting here in my own little echo chamber waiting for other people to come talk to me. I know that there's other people out there that are wanting to find a way out, that are feeling stuck and lost and alone and kind of clueless, pretty fucking bitter. I know that I'm not the only person that is trying to figure out some way to move past that and on to what's next. So please come talk to me. 
or just give me something that you'd like me to talk about. I think that I am going to do more segments like this where I sort of try to take the psych mobo jumbo and make it more applicable and make it something that we can all understand and relate to because I keep watching these self-help videos of these doctors saying how people should be living their lives and it's relative but it's not relatable. Does that make sense? And I feel like what we need is something relatable because I know that I'm not the only person that had a traumatizing childhood or else we wouldn't be sitting here right now. I wouldn't be doing this and you wouldn't be listening to it. So if I'm not the only person, then why aren't we allowed to just talk to each other? Why do we have to go through doctors and all this psychiatric jargon just to figure out how to be a person? I don't know. I feel like I've made that rant like 10 million times with you guys. (laughs) Anyways... Um, just get a hold of me. And if you don't feel like getting a hold of me now, that's fine. But why don't you go to the description and just save that number. And the next time you're feeling triggered by your narcissistic dad that's super PO'd that you didn't sign your kid up for Little League because he was a baseball champion when he was in college, so your son should be too, then just shoot me a text and be like, dude, Stitch, you would not believe my asshole father. This thing happened. Or, oh my god, my bitch of a mom once again reminded me that I'm incapable of baking that I just cannot bake because I put slightly too much flour in my kids' birthday cupcakes and I've ruined the entire birthday party according to my bitch-ass mother. I will gladly accept any and all of those text messages (laughs) and we could just go from there because sometimes you just need someone to listen to how impossible it is to deal with the narcissist in your life. The person that helped form who you are today that cannot stop pissing you off. We've all got one. I hope you guys are doing okay. If you haven't eaten today, go eat something. If you have eaten today, go drink a glass of water because water is good for you. It's always good for you. Also, I hope you're still washing your hands. That's all I gotta say. Keep washing your hands. (laughs) Alright, be good. I love you. Bye. This song by our friend Frank is called Sister Oh Sister. Check them out on YouTube and Spotify. Sister, oh sister, do you remember that long hot summer of yesterday? Big manor house in the